You're listening to the Superhuman in You podcast. Superhuman in You is an organization with a mission to help business leaders improve their mental, physical, and emotional health. Now presenting to you, best-selling author, serial entrepreneur, and an award-winning coach, your host, Anurag Rai. Hi, this is your host Anurag, and today I have with me the most amazing guest, Sarah Adnani. Having benefited from breakthroughs herself and life-changing realizations through coaching, Sarah is devoted to doing the same thing for her clients. She works with both men and women who feel stuck. She coaches people through loss, breakups, emotional blockages, career conflicts, relationship struggles, and health issues. I'm delighted to introduce to you the powerful voice, Sarah Adnani. Hi, Sarah. It's so good to have you on the show. And we talked before and you shared your amazing and inspiring journey uh, with me, which I really want to talk about today. And would also want to get your perspective on some other things. I have noted down some questions and I think it would be really beneficial for the audience um, to hear you and your journey. So thank you. Thank you for accepting the request to be on my show and thank you for being here. Welcome. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. So my first question is, uh, tell us a bit about your journey. Uh, tell us a, a bit about what you were doing and what you are doing and how, how you got there, because I know you made a career transition and stuff. So tell us a bit more. Sure. So um, I was born and raised in Morocco. I moved to the States when I was 17 or 18. I went to school here and studied here and started working here. I did market research for about 10 years. I worked in the corporate world, lived in Miami, and then moved to LA. And then one day I had bronchitis and I got it pretty bad. And you know, you, when you have bronchitis, you also like your voice gets hoarse and stuff. And at that time, I actually completely lost my voice. I couldn't speak. <clears throat> and eventually I got better. The coughing went away and I felt better. The fever went away. But my voice didn't come back. So I went to see a few doctors and I was told to just kind of like wait it out uh, until it comes back. It's like one of those things with the voice where they say there's nothing you could do about it. You kind of like just have to wait. So I waited and I waited and I waited and it never came back. I mean, never. It's back now, obviously. Um, so I, uh, I continued with life. I continued with work. I continued doing what I, had to, what I had to do. You know, I was like that corporate person, like determined and always going and like all forever trying to like prove myself and do this and do that and do that. And so... I even changed jobs during that period. So I even, I don't know how I interviewed because I was literally like, you know, Yeah. but I, I got a new job. I switched jobs, went to a new, new company. Uh, and then literally months went by. So the first time I lost my voice, it was in July 
Yeah. When I lost my voice, it was July. I switched jobs. And by November, I'm still like that. No speaking. Um, and then one day this guy told me, like, it sounds like you have polyps in your vocal cords. You should go really go check out a different doctor. And that's what I did. I went to a different doctor and I, we did more tests. And we found out that there were cysts on my vocal cords. Uh, and it was an extreme case because there was multiple cysts on there. So I had to go through surgery. I had to go through speech therapy. I had to not speak at all. No, so not even that, you know, that was, that, that was causing it, causing me to damage my vocal cords even more. Because mm-hmm. uh, when you, when you whisper, you even make more efforts than when you actually speak. I don't know if you knew that. I didn't know that. I learned so much about voice and vocal throat from all of this. Um, so comes February, I'm finally having the surgery. Uh, which turned out to be actually pretty complicated because when the doctor went in and she, it was laser surgery, at first we had said, you know, maybe we have two different surgeries so that we don't really uh, go hard on your vocal cords. But then she went in and she just did all of them. So my then that meant that my recovery period was going to be a lot longer. Mm-hmm. And... Then eventually I lost my job um, because I couldn't, I could no longer continue doing what I was doing because I, I couldn't whisper. I couldn't force any kind of sound anymore. I couldn't, you know, I was, my main responsibilities were uh, client management, presenting research and data and uh, decks and traveling and, Things that basically required a lot of talking. Yeah. Um, so eventually I, I couldn't work anymore. And I couldn't have a social life like I did before. So before all of this started, my life basically was work really hard, party really hard. You know, it's just if I'm not working, I'm partying or I'm sleeping. Um, so... It seemed like a good life to me. I mean, even now when I look back, I don't judge it. <laughs> like, it wasn't that bad. Like, maybe I was partying a little too much. Maybe I was working a little too much. But, you know, it's it's it was fine. But I had never stopped to kind of, like, question anything or wonder who I am or what's going on or, I guess, do anything intentionally. I wasn't doing anything intentionally. I was just going and doing what I was told I should be doing you know like you're born you go to school for whatever it is 20 years at least you graduate you get a job you get married you have kids eventually you die right but it's kind of like all set up for you Mm -hmm. and um, I was just following that plan you know like literally being a robot Mm -hmm. and I guess the partying was making up for my lack of connection to myself with what I was doing um so after the surgery I couldn't continue on that plan right like I can't party I can't talk to anybody I can't socialize I can't work um so I um one day I was meditating in Runyon Canyon I I I got depressed really really depressed 
I was on steroids. I couldn't do anything. I couldn't work out. I couldn't do anything. Because um, apparently what I was told by the doctors is that for you to speak, it takes, it takes everything in your body to create sound out of your vocal cords. So any sort of exercise will put tension on my vocal cords. So I was told to kind of completely just chill and relax, which was really hard for me back then. And I was on steroids on top of it. So that didn't make it even remotely easier. Imagine you're going from this life where you go, 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 go all the time into like completely doing nothing at all. Just, just chilling. Um, So I was meditating, running Kenyan and I was really depressed and I asked God, like, please help me. Where do I go from here? There's this voice that told me, go meditate in Asia. Monks don't speak either. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that sounds like a good plan. So I got a backpack, put a few clothes in it and got a one-way ticket, went to Hawaii first and then went to Korea um, and then went to all these different countries in Asia and I started doing temple hopping. I went from bar hopping to temple hopping, hanging out with monks. And um, the, for, for the first time, I asked myself, like, who am I? What am I doing here? And what's going on? And who am I outside of this career, outside of my family, outside of this path that I've been following that I didn't really choose? Um, who, who is me? And what am I even doing here? like some deep existential questions. Um, And, you know, the monks would just say, sit with it, just sit with it, just sit with it. And it was really hard for me to do that, to just sit with it nonstop. Because a lot of things come up, right? Everything I had suppressed. By now I'm 32. So everything I had suppressed, nothing I had, everything I had never looked at. Because I was always this person, like something happens, I just move on. I never really digest or process or anything i break up with someone i just move on to the next one i am tired of a job i just move on to the next one uh, i'm tired of a city i just move on to the next one um so you know sitting down with monks and just sitting down myself a lot of things came up so it was it was difficult for me to look at a lot of things a lot of memories came up um you know like some things that, that I didn't even know happened. Uh, like I remembered I was sexually molested as a child and I never remembered that. I never knew that until I sat with meditation. Uh, so that was hard to digest. Um, I remembered a lot of things, a lot of things that just needed um, processing, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I did that for about six months. And then I went back to Morocco, hang out with my family for about a month. And then I went back to L.A., started interviewing for jobs, got a job. But I just couldn't. I wasn't ready yet. I I, I just didn't want to go back to that life. So I hired a coach. (laughs) I hired a coach to help me out process some of these things and to help me out, to, to help me figure out what I wanted to do next. Um, so we worked together for about six months and that's how I realized that I wanted to stay in this space of 
coaching and it's how I wanted to help people. Uh, when I got my voice back, I was in Cambodia. And the first thing I did with it was work at an orphanage, teaching English. I wanted to give back. So later on, when I worked with my coach, I realized that I wanted to continue using my voice to help others find their voice. And when I mean their voice, not like this one, but like your inner voice, your true self. Uh, so, so a few years later, here I am still doing that. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you very much for sharing that. And yeah, as a, as you say, and as I know as well, you, you are a powerful voice and now you're helping others to find that. I love it. Uh, so what you went through is really challenging and like a lot of people could not even imagine uh, what it's like to go through that, uh, not being able to speak for a full year. Uh, so how did you find the courage to come out of that challenging time? when you were not able to speak for like for a full year? You know, I think when you reach rock bottom and you completely surrender, which is a tattoo I actually got when I was in Nepal. Samarpur, I can read it because I can read in Hindi. Right, it says surrender, right? Yeah. <laughs> Imagine you said something else. <laughs> So when I was in Nepal, actually, when I was in the Himalayan mountains, I uh, read this book by Michael Singer, The Power of Surrender. Mm -hmm. And I realized that what's actually gotten me through this was the power of surrender. Mm You know, I was like I was saying earlier, I was always that person who was like always going, trying to figure it out, you know, always using my brain for everything or my brain using me. Um, what I've learned through that journey is the, the power of surrender, the power of trusting, the power of grace, you know, of allowing grace to come and scoop you up. Like you hit that rock bottom and then grace shows up and scoops you up and shows you the way. And it's, it's a way that you're shown that your brain would have never figured out because the brain doesn't even comprehend it. You know, I'm struggling with even answering your question because I didn't find the courage. Grace found me uh, and lifted me up. And it did because I surrendered and I allowed it. And that was my biggest lesson through that period is to realize, you know, I was telling, like, I was asking, who am I? What am I doing here? And all of that. I realized that I'm a soul and I come from infinite love and I come from God. And uh, that's what I need to tap into. That's who I am truly. It's not the identity that I was attached to in terms of a job or career or money or cars or anything like that or boyfriends or whatever but that's those are just things that are happening within my life those are just kind of like toys or you know it's like we're playing a game in this life it's like super mario right it's like you're uh collecting things or exploring on this planet it's it's it sounds it seems like a game yeah. 
Um, But then we forget where we came from. We identify with the game. We take it too seriously. Um, And we start using the brain for all information as where to go versus allowing source to guide. Um, So I hope that makes sense. It does. Yeah. Thank you very much for sharing that. Uh, Beautiful. I love it. Um, something that I truly believe in as well, the power of surrender. Um, And I think most people get confused by what surrender truly is. They feel like they have to give up control, but in reality is realizing that we don't have control. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, um, I I love that. And I think, so even though you say that uh, you did not have to show courage, but I feel that sometimes it can be really hard to surrender for people um, because they are so afraid to let things go. They, mm-hmm. they feel that even though the, when they are not in control, they feel that they can somehow control it or them uh, taking the game too seriously is somehow helping them. Uh, Correct. Yeah. You know, because there is that, you know, like exactly like you were saying, like people think surrender is completely giving up control, but you can't completely give it up, give up control. Even if you try to, you always have choices to make, you know, surrender is also a choice. Uh, I could have been in that situation and decided to um, not go to Asia. Right. I could have heard, heard that voice, heard God, you know, source, universe, whatever you want to call it. I could have heard that and say, no, I'm not going to go to Asia. I'm going to stay here and wait for my boss to come back and go back and get a job. And not none of this happened or ignore any lesson I could have gained. You know, I could, you always have a choice. Um, you are playing the game. The question is, for me, surrender is choosing where to download the information from. Yeah. You know, surrender is choosing to download the information from source. And holding on so tight to control means completely relying on the brain and the brain is just a loop, right? It's either it's the brain is download. The thoughts come to you either from God or they're going to come to you from TV or from something you read or from, or from something in the past or so you always have a choice as to where are you going to download your information from and to get new thoughts completely different or new, not what's available here, right? Like not what's in the book, not what's in a TV show, not in to get new thoughts from God that requires surrender. Totally. Yeah. Um, I agree with that. And there's something I have experienced as well, surrender. So when we surrender, we allow the information to flow through. I think that's what you're saying um, as well. Um, Mm -hmm. Because if we're using brain, we can only, we can only like brain has got its limits and um, brain is designed for survival. So it will choose survival thoughts and survival uh, choices. Right. So do you, do you have bad days? And if you do, how do you keep going? Of course I have bad days. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no way you don't, I mean, what do you call a bad day? So depends. So uh, I'm I'm talking from the uh, audience perspective and from general perspective, uh, what people uh, consider bad days. For me, uh, it's a bit different. Obviously, for me, I don't 
label things as good and bad. Uh, but um, as society perceives bad days is when you're not, when you're not feeling your best, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, when you're not feeling your best. And I think it's also when, so an analogy that I like to use is we are like sun. Yeah. On a rainy day, we cannot see the sun, but that does not mean sun is not there. So we are awesome. We'll always be awesome. But sometimes we get surrounded by clouds and we can't see our awesomeness. So um, I think that that also explains what, what bad day could be. <laughs> yeah, and that's a good yeah. analogy, actually. Yeah. Um, the, um, absolutely. And that's part of the human experience. Mm-hmm. Um, what I've learned throughout, you know, when, so when some feelings emerge, um, what I've learned is to love myself no matter what. So I'm not the feeling. The feeling is there, like the clouds is there. It is raining. Mm -hmm. And it's okay that it's raining. That's why I was asking you what is a bad day. It's it's not that I try to avoid the rain. The rain happens. It's part of my human experience. But I'm okay with the rain. Yeah. So when I'm in that place, I give myself extra love, extra care. I don't try to escape it. I don't definitely don't try and change it. Don't try to figure it out. Um, and I'm very vocal about it as well. Mm-hmm. You know, so I would tell people around me, I'm feeling like this today. Um, so I don't try and hide from it. I don't try and shame myself for feeling the way I'm feeling. I allow it. I am, I, and I, I constantly, one of my declarations is I am loving awareness. I am loving awareness. I love myself no matter what. Um, <clears throat> and I'm, if I'm feeling the way I'm feeling because I've made a mistake or because I did something wrong or because I hurt someone, then I'm also okay with that. I mean, obviously I, I try and make it right mm-hmm. for that person. I, if I need to apologize, I'll apologize. If I, you know, couldn't keep my word i would try and make it right with the person whatever the situation is but always from a place of love and compassion towards myself first um i used to do the opposite where i used to like be really hard on myself how did you do so you know like that self-talk how did you do such thing or i would shame myself how dare you that's terrible or you haven't learned your lesson yet what is wrong with you Uh, you're not smart enough, you're not good enough, you're not this enough, you know, like, and I've learned to let that go. Mm. I made a mistake. Cool. I'm human. Uh, It's totally okay. I love me no matter what. Mm. How do we move forward from this? Um, And that's really, really helped me to simply love myself through, through the journey, through the rain. It's easy to love ourselves when things are good, right? Oh, this feel, feels amazing. You know, no one, when, when we're happy, no one is sitting there questioning, like, why am I feeling happy? Right? We're just happy and we're just being happy and enjoying it. But when we're feeling sadness or anger, like, why am I angry? How do I change this? How do I escape it? Or we let, or we release that anger on someone else or, um, 
But today I allow it. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to be having this human experience. I'm glad to be here and I'm going to allow the full spectrum of it. Um, so, yeah. Um, yeah, awesome. I uh, love that. Uh, so something that I, what I hear you say is acceptance, the power of acceptance of what is, um, because obviously from surrender, we understand that this, we cannot control certain things. So just accepting them um, the way they are, because I think mostly people suffer. The, one of the biggest reasons why people suffer is because they try to resist what is. Um, they're not accepting it. They have created an expectation of how things should be. And when things don't go as per that, mm. um, stress, anxiety, right. everything, everything starts happening. And uh, something else that I really... That word, that word. Uh-huh. Go ahead, sorry. Uh, some, something that I really liked as well, what you said, is uh, it's easy to be happy when, when things are going good. It's only when you can be happy when things are not going as per expectation too. Um, and I think it is even more important to be happy because what usually happens is when we feel bad, we start feeling bad for feeling bad and we go into that spiral. Whereas if we can flip it and we can just not be affected by feel like something bad or feeling bad, then we can kind of break that cycle. So, yeah. Correct. It's judging the feeling that hurts us. Yeah. It's not the feeling itself. It's about how we feel about the feeling. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. So we both have, um, we both follow Steve Harrison. I know you have uh, worked with him as well, and we have read his book. And once something that he talks about is uh, being. So my next question is, what does being mean to you? Be, you know, it means where you're coming from, which is exactly what I've been coaching on a lot, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, being is where you're coming from right now. Uh, that's, that's the simplest way for me to explain it. Doing comes from being. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're being angry, your doing is going to be angry. If you're being nice, your doing is going to be nice. If you're being loving, your doing is going to be loving. So it's that place where, where you're standing from and where, how you look at the world from the place that you're standing from. So it's that stand. And that stand is your inner state, which is the truest thing. So this is where you are, but what happens is like there's a lot of fog. Right, there's a lot of conditioning, there's a lot of uh, past experiences, there's so they block. So, because here, all of us are love and peace and God uh, and beauty and joy, right? That's who we all are. There's no question about that. And then there are these walls, right? And that, that block us from accessing that being. Mm-hmm. So the work is on putting down those walls. You know, like when I was talking to you about sitting with in meditation with monks and I was seeing all these things come up, that's what I was seeing, right? I was seeing all these walls that, are, that, that I had up for, from my experiences in the past. 
Mm-hmm. So the more we do this work, the more we able to um, the more we able to kind of you clean in, right? Like so you see clearer, you see your your being can be accessed easier. Yeah. Right? The walls kind of like go down. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's harder to access if you've had a lot of if you have all this, if your brain is wired a certain way from all the experiences you've lived in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, so remembering who you are at your core takes this takes you doing this work. Um, so when you can tap into that. Mm-hmm. Because here's the thing, like, that's what Steve calls, like, um, frosting on top of poop, right? Because if you're, if you're just doing affirmations, like, I am love, I am love, I am love, like, we all know, like, we know that we are love, but you might not feel it, you might not be able to access it, because there's so much poop in the way, or there's so much walls, or there's so much, um, so that's why declarations are different from affirmations, you know, declarations are accessing that truth for you again and the way we access it is different paths yeah you know so like one of my declarations is um i love me no matter what mm-hmm. right that's that's the path for me to feel that it doesn't you I might, you might say that and it doesn't doesn't necessarily mean anything to you right it might just be like okay but when I say I love me no matter what, it's so powerful inside of me. It's like my my essence, my truth. Because though we all love and we all come from the same place, we're still unique. Yeah. And we each we need to hear it differently. Yeah. Um, so does that, am I answering your question? Yes, yes. Thank you. And um, there's a couple of uh, things that really like to... Something that you started with is, yeah, your doing comes from your being. And I think uh, that's really powerful. And that's uh, when, when we try and create an inside-out reality, um, that, that that's what happens because your doing is impacted by your being. And um, it's not what we look at, but what we see. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what uh, being is. Because if you are, your being is angry, you cannot be like, you can fake happiness, but you cannot be really happy. Uh, so yeah, uh, love that. Yeah. So we, I would love to talk more, but we are running uh, out of time here. So tell us where could audience find more about you and how can they get in touch with you? So uh, you can find me, my, my website is sarahadnani.com. It's Sarah with two R's. Adnani.com. You can also find me on Instagram or you can find me on Facebook. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'll share the links uh, wherever you're listening to this. If it's in YouTube, it will be in the description. If it's in podcast, it will be in the description again. Um, finally, do you have any parting wisdom for the audience? Love yourself no matter what. Um, that That has been my biggest lesson, truly, honestly. Like, uh, if you're doing the work and you know, it's all Steve says, it's a mountain with no top. You're always going to be doing the work. Um, you always, you're always getting better and better. 
but no matter what comes up for you, just love yourself for it. Learn from it. Take the lesson and move forward. Uh, don't try and overcomplicate it. Don't try and like go back and <clears throat> change the story or just make peace with what happened. Love yourself for what happened. Forgive, forgive yourself. Forgive yourself is a big thing. You know, Steve talks about that a lot, this a lot as well. Forgive yourself no matter what, no matter what happened uh, and move forward. Yeah. Um, when you have all these feelings, don't shame yourself. Shame does this thing where it isolates you into a corner and it keeps you there by yourself. Um, you feel like you don't have the right to talk about it or you feel like you're, you're embarrassed to talk about it. That's one of the reasons that's the main reason why I talk a lot about my story and what happened. And uh, a lot of people are like, I would never dare talk about what happened to me as, you know, in terms of like sexual molestation or rape, or like big things like that. I talk about it all the time. The more I talk about my story, the more I release it, the more I'm not prisoner to it. So don't allow any story to, to hold you hostage. I'm not saying you have to share it like me to the, with the rest of the world, but at least tell someone, um, speak about it, let it out. Um, don't let it keep you hostage and love yourself through it. It wasn't your fault. Things happen. You're amazing. You're doing the best you can. You are loved. And um, you are capable of a lot more than you think you are capable of. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for uh, those wise words. And yeah, I love it. I love yourself no matter what. Because why would you? Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> thank you very much again for joining us. And uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Um, and yeah, thank you for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to the Superhuman in You podcast. Find out more at superhumaninyou.com.